everybody. This is the Bitch Seed Podcast. I'm Lisa Mandel. I'm Philip Cassell. And uh, it's April 16th. Your taxes are out of the way. Uh, but remember a time when we didn't have to do taxes? That was a nice time. Remember the time when you didn't have to cash a bunch of savings bonds to help your family out and then you have to uh, pay those taxes back somehow? Remember the time when you got allowance uh, and you actually had a little like paper envelope that was that was uh, magnetized to the fridge where it would go and then uh, every time you used the word like in a way that it wasn't supposed to be used, your mother docked a nickel from your allowance? Remember the time when you, you'd landscape for your cousin and then he would dock your pay because you were too busy talking or, or going back into the Burger King that you were mulching to get mixed Cokes? Wait, what? <laughs> true story, true story. What is mulching? Mulching, when you, you, know, you know outside of uh, businesses where by the bushes the dirt is, uh, it's like... I know what mulch is. Yeah, mulch. We used to, my cousin had a deal with a bunch of Burger Kings in my area that he would mulch the uh, the lawn every so often. Oh, when the mulching! Mulch- mulching isn't like it doesn't actually mean something. We go else. to a, we go to a giant. We go to like a Home Depot or yes. a place that has mulch. Yes, we yes. load the truck up with mulch, and then yes. we dump the mulch, and then we make sure that it- you were part of a mulching business. I was part of a landscaping business. Phil's been part of a lot of potentially shady businesses. There's nothing shady about landscaping. Nothing. I mean, there's plenty shady about my grandfather's store, but he's passed on, and the store is closed. Well, we'll get into that. We'll One get day. into that in a bit. We will. That's a whole episode unto itself. Well, guys, um, it's April 16th, which means that um, we are about a week away from the live show, the live, uh, the Bitch Seat at QED, which uh, is, is a Sunday at 7 p.m., and it's going to feature the amazing Mark Normand and uh, Dave Ebert, who you may have seen on so Master of April None. April 24th? April 24th is correct. Yeah. I'm sorry. I... For some reason, it's stuck in my head the wrong way. Anyway, yes, April 24th, 424, we have a live show at QED uh, and in Astoria, which is one of my favorite venues ever. And then on May 7th, of course, if you are in LA, we have a show um, at uh, the Nerd Melt Showroom behind Meltdown Comics in Hollywood. So uh, get on that. And I'm going to begin, I'm going to begin, I'm going to go way back, I'm going to take it way back to uh, Satin, the original diary here, Satin, was the first real diary I had after my Ramona Quimby diary. And uh, it's got a picture of point shoes on the So side. it's your second diary. Yeah, but the Ramona Quimby diary didn't count because it had prompts. So I kind of felt like somebody else's voice was inserting itself into my artwork. No, it's like this- kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, I don't need those prompts. I'm just going to write freehand. So this is from June 4th, 1995. Which I think is fifth grade. It's way back. I wrote in pencil at the time, which I never do anymore. Fifth grade. You just finished sixth grade. Or fifth grade. Fifth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Dear Satin, lately my mind has been floating in a bubble of optimism. Uh Uh-oh. I was having a manic moment. Manic moment. (laughs) I don't know what's causing this strange but satisfying new feeling, but I seem to have an endless ration of self-respect. I don't feel depressed anymore, and I've stopped debasing myself for not being popular. I was using the word debasing in fifth grade, so uh, just take that. I just learned reductive. (laughs) Maybe I have matured enough to see my inner self and recognize my assets rather than my liabilities. Whatever this miracle medicine is that God is giving me, it is making my life a great deal more pleasurable. (laughs) 
Surely some things that are helping me along are the many activities for the end of the year. Our trip to Rhode Island, perhaps our greatest singing accomplishment this year, brought us the highest score in select chorus history and the highest score the judges gave out all day. Select chorus was the acapella. It was like the 30 person co-ed acapella group that you have to audition to get into. And I was really, really, really into that stuff. We received a 99 and a 99. The whole school cheered for us the next morning when they heard the news. Field day brought me 100 times closer to my homeroom. Actually, this was sixth grade. You're right. Ha-ha. Oh, well, so you're, old. Yeah. I feel that I've stepped a level closer to popularity. Ben Johnson told me I wasn't a geek. This compliment was better than any little lie I've received, such as, you look so pretty, or you did such a good job. This positivity you're using, I'm not sure you're actually using it. It's all backhanded compliments yeah. to myself, the whole thing. I'll bet Ben didn't realize it was he who began my good mood by saying that. Surprisingly enough, I believe it was Ben and Mark out of the entire student body who made this year more enjoyable. How will I ever thank them for changing me from a depressed, pathetic, dead soul into a lively person who can finally see the world clearly? I have to go now. Love, LMM. I remember that field day. I don't know if you guys had field day, but we had... We field, had field day. Where, like, you'd spend the whole day outside and you'd play, like, relay races and other shit that gave me, like, major... Um, acid reflux because I was it made me so nervous I was terrible at sports I did okay with relay nothing else maybe soccer because no, I could a, just take a, a hit. speed thing and I knew I wouldn't be fast enough because there were girls like Tara Ferraro who was like very tiny like all around tiny and she was so fucking fast she could run like a four minute mile and uh I I, I when was it I think it was in either fifth or sixth grade that we had to run the mile for like the, the whatever the presidential fitness test or whatever that you had to do. Did you have to, did you have that? No. Every year we had like a series of like physical activities that you had to do and they were all scored on like a national standard. So you could see where you fell. And the, I ran the mile in sixth grade and I almost threw up after it after one mile, if that gives you, but the sit and reach, I was the best in the class every year because i was super flexible nice um but but gen but field day was generally like a horrifying time for me because it was all physical prowess which i had none of we we see we didn't i don't know if we had field day but we had the uh uh the nutley olympics where every school would get together and do an olympic an annual thing that we we tested for so we would have days where we did the the mile and the relay because we tried to, we had to find ways to qualify to try and beat other schools in our town. Right. So it was, it was kind of. Oh, I feel like I would purposefully do badly, <laughs> do badly at that because I wouldn't want to be involved in such a thing. I tried because the relay was like my sweet spot. For some reason, I could do that pretty well. I didn't qualify at all, but my <laughs> friends humored me because they could see oh. the fat kid was trying not to be fat. Oh, I know. I know. Me too. Yeah. Me too. But yeah, this, I remember this one particular field day, which was in sixth grade. Um, we, there was like a little bit of downtime during the afternoon and we were out in this beautiful sunny field outside of our middle school. And, uh, there the people were sitting in like a couple of clusters and there was one cluster of people where like the popular kids were sitting and there were a bunch of popular kids in my homeroom. And Ben Johnson invited me to come sit with them as opposed to like all the really, really not popular kids who were sitting in the other circle, which is normally where I feel like I would go. But wouldn't you just want to be the queen of that circle as opposed no. to an underling in a shitty circle no. of shitty people? No, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be, 
I wasn't really in either circle though. Like I had a lot of friends who were kind of randoms who sort of were the, uh, the, uh, Wait, which are the which are the which are the molecules that kind of circle outside? Is that electrons? Uh, no. Yeah. Yes. 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 That Kent, orbit outside. Producer Kent is nodding his head. So I was going to say isotopes. So I'm glad that he said. <laughs> I'm glad that he said uh, electrons. Mm, bye. Uh, yeah. I, I I sort of I I kept at a distance from everybody because I didn't want to be associated with any one group because yeah. I knew that that would come with judgments. So I kind of kept to myself and did my work, and. Uh, and uh, it was really a really nice, rare moment that, like, somebody approached me and was like, we think you're cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet of them. It's huge. Yeah. You know, they did it once, and then they, uh... wait, hold on a second. You mentioned that this was in July. June. I said June. it was June. Oh. And we were in school until, like, mid, mid-June, always. Oh, okay, that's, yeah. That's how we did in uh, in public school. Same, same, same. Um. Anyway, um, I'm very excited uh, that our, our guest today is somebody who's going to understand a lot of my pain because she's also from Southern Connecticut. Um, she is uh, actually recently moved here from Denver. I guess it's been over a year, but she's a she's a stand-up comic and a children's librarian, which I think is so badass and uh, actually has become a really good uh, friend of mine of ours in, in recent months. So um, let's welcome to the show a Chelsea Condren. I wish you listeners could see her dancing. She's so excited. To this Alanis Morissette. Oh my god. Hi Chelsea. Hi Lisa. Were you happy with that selection? That was so perfect. I'm really happy with that. I'm glad that you you surprised me with that. Oh good, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. I uh during our intro I noticed a lot of like heavy nodding from your corner. Did you have something to contribute to the field day discussion? I so yeah, that was like visceral for me. I um I was Un, yeah, unsurprisingly not not very athletic, but I was tall and like kind of lanky. So I think people thought that I would be like a better athlete than I was. And mm-hmm. um, so, but I, I wasn't. And like field day was the worst because it like I felt it was the whole day, like instead of doing the things I liked, which was like being inside and reading, it right. was like a whole day to like be outside playing sports, which I feel like all the teachers tried to act like was like a great treat to us. But I was like, this is the, <laughs> I don't nightmare. want this. Yeah, like I'm standing outside, like running around orange cones all day when I could be like inside reading. Like, Yeah, and I, I'm so glad that you agree with this because I that was something that we were all supposed to like, yeah. just like capture the flag was an activity we were supposed to like. Yeah. And I was just like, that's a lot of running away from people and I'm not good at that. Um, and the the stress of like, I mean, I think they tried to, my elementary school, they like tried to avoid this by putting us in teams based on our class. But like anytime we had the option to pick, it was so stress, like the, so stressful. Know, like, don't put that on us. Yeah. Then it becomes an immediate popularity yeah, contest. Yeah, and it always is. And like, it, it just, and like, of course the popular kids tended to be pretty athletic. Right, or at least like, of course. That's, they went yeah. hand, in Connecticut especially. Yeah, Connecticut's a hand. very like, sport heavy place I think like certain kinds of sports like not I don't think like at my school basketball wasn't necessarily big or football but like lacrosse and And like field field hockey hockey. yes and soccer was huge huge. in Guilford yeah Chelsea you're from Ridgefield yes which is um right outside it's like almost Katona it's like almost Westchester um so but it's very um it's it's very like 
what you think of when you think of Connecticut. I mean, it's like quaint, but it's like very much what you it's 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 picture. Fairfield County. Yes, when you when you hear Connecticut, like and you that's like and you my think town. of the yeah. of the white people. Yes, yeah, yeah, and like the you know the just the the woods and the the like summer homes and uh, all of it. Yeah. So uh, your your general experience. I mean, I think that you are a pretty well-balanced individual from what I know of you. But um, but you've mentioned before when we talked about your experience being a sort of outsider kid and mm. uh, and your kind of goth phase. And yeah. You want to talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I really fancied myself uh, like a tortured genius artist. <laughs> I very much saw myself as... Um, like a like a a, a wise like uh, a wise soul who who was so observant that I could see I could see like the things that I felt others couldn't see like I was like I don't understand like this high school oh, like you're preaching to the yeah choir. like I was just like <laughs> this town sucks the teachers suck everyone is the same I don't understand why like like. Oh, it was so yeah. like it was just like a very like dear diary mood apathetic like very just uh, like oh yeah I, nobody understands and I don't know me. where yeah I mean it's so interesting because like looking back I feel like um what I actually thought so I, I feel like I always thought of myself as like someone who was like victimized and bullied and really looking back I think I probably wasn't that nice to the to to uh, like those kids that I thought were bullying me. Like if anything, I feel like on on some level, I feel like I was like probably, you were guilty of I the was same probably thing. Pretty nasty to them. Yeah, like I think that I probably thought that I was better than them, and and probably was like pretty pretty rude. And like I feel like that might have been why they were mean. Like, I, you know, the my the, the goth, the Harry Potter, like reading inside at recess stuff didn't like help my cause. But like, like I'm sure I would have drawn some unwanted attention anyway. But certainly, yeah, I feel like I really wasn't like. It's interesting. I, I, I felt like I was like I, I'm not doing anything to warrant people teasing me. But I kind of was. I, I think I did. I get like on you a were egging bit. it on. A yeah, little bit. I did. I think I liked the, um, I liked the attention. I mean, my my Zanga handle is uh, was shattered soul. Oh, so my if god, that gives you any indication of what I felt I was. So I have a question about that because you are yeah. like pretty you're significantly younger oh, than yeah, we are and than bit, phil yeah. and i are and um i think you were like almost the, the generation after the us first in terms of child of the internet culture. i would say yeah like the first generation of the internet and did you feel because like i didn't facebook didn't exist for me until i was a senior in college yeah and so i remember the world changing my world changing significantly for me but how old were you when you had the Zanga account? So, I mean, the internet, I remember, like, I, what the internet was when I was in middle school and, and until I was about 16, which was, like, when I had the Zanga account, was, like, it wasn't, there wasn't Facebook, but there was MySpace mm. and there was Zanga. And Zanga was, like, post-live journal. Like, it was, like, a journaling site and there wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, like, Facebook where, or Twitter where you were yourself. Like, you had a username and that was it. Like so, no, you could write from whatever. Like you, it so was a little you bit were like live journal. Yeah, it was avatar. definitely like shouting into the void. Um, type type did people, thing. And how old were you when you had your? I account? started when I was twelve. Whoa. Um, so yeah, and like I think that real it was like um, and I kept it till I was like fifteen or sixteen, I think. And is that what you did instead of journaling on paper? Yeah, I mean, and and it was with the understanding that someone else was reading it, yeah. which I think it's so it makes it so like. 
performative in a way. And yeah. like I journal now on real paper and it's when you realize that you're only talking to yourself, there's such a different tone. Like I feel like the tone of some of my writing is just so like, oh, you know, you yeah, want people yeah. to think a certain way yeah. of you. Well, I got to say, though, as somebody who journaled on paper and, and never for for an audience that I knew was there, I always journaled in the hopes that there would be an audience for it someday. I, I was like, all, someone will read my yeah. diaries posthumously yeah. when I was 11, you know. Yeah, I was, when I was like 10, I was like, this is going to show them in 40 years. They're really going to be right. sorry. Like, oh, I should have, the the, uh, the entry that I read for uh, last week's podcast would have been very appropriate to this. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, nobody understands. They just don't understand and appreciate. Yeah, but you're yeah. actually getting a chance now to uh, expose your journal uh, mm-hmm. Just, but it's a very long game. Oh, playing with it's that. extremely it's, delicious. Yeah, let's yeah. not joke. Let's not fool anybody here. My friends in college found my Zanga from middle school. We had many nights of dramatic readings. Like it's so delicious. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's... And did you, when you were Zanga journaling, did you know who your audience was? Did your did your peers also have Zanga and you would share each other? Yeah. Well, I got in trouble because you know middle school was a, f- a f- time of fraught like friendship well, that's why I think like yeah. adding the internet into that makes it so I terrifying. got in so much trouble yeah because I mean not in so much trouble but like my friends and I would like sometimes like I, I didn't like I would be complaining about someone and then it turned out that they had been reading my Zanga like there was definitely an yeah. element of that that like that drama was I mean my friend was just saying to me last night actually that she got in trouble with a teacher for something she had written on her Zanga <laughs> like complaining about really? another teacher which is like so I was like that's really none of their their business frankly it's but it's not like, but I mean that was at the very 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 beginning of, of the I internet I think people so didn't know what the internet was and what to hand I agree I mean I even remember my mom being like don't talk to strangers on the internet like as if I, and that's I really all I did. oh yeah. yeah fun story about that which uh, I think I've told you this before Phil but when we had uh, AIM uh, and uh, I was Blue Moon 422 and I, I ended, like I had uh, my first chat room experiences um, which was so exciting to me because I was such a lonely kid and mm-hmm. I was like oh my god there's all these people I can talk to right now me from too. my house that's... and then I was talking to this dude who I was in fifth grade and I gave him my phone number even though he was probably a fully grown man oh, and I was no. I was uh, and then he called the next morning it was like a Saturday morning and my dad picked up and was like Liz <laughs> Oh, Oh, because you don't realize and I would I actually I actually wow this is kind of embarrassing and I didn't really mean to go here but um I was kind of practicing my dirty talk in chat rooms oh before we just watched the documentary about what this could have become I know I know. And like, I didn't understand what I was doing when I was that age, but that's when I was like starting to masturbate when I was in fifth grade, sixth grade. Oh my God. And I would, I would like, I only did this a couple of times, but I would just revel in the fact that I would get into a a private conversation with a guy and I would like, I wouldn't do anything myself. I was fully clothed, but I was like, I want to see how far I can push this. Which is really, really dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I really, I never, I mean, I I didn't even go into chat. Like, I was so, I would just furiously, like, uh, like 
message my friends. Like I never, I mean, I found communities online. Like I certainly found like, like I found like I, you know, I was in like fan fiction communities for Harry Potter. And like, so like I was very into that world, but I didn't like the idea of like, of talking to a straight, especially sexual. I'm I'm also, I was such a prude. Like, and I still am. No, but I was too. Yeah. And I didn't have sex until I was 19 years old, but I, I, I knew that I was, I was good at, I was good at writing and like I could write erotic if I wanted to. <laughs> so I was, it just felt very po- empowering to me. Yeah. Cause I was yeah. like, I have somebody at my disposal. Yes. I think my outlet for that was fan fiction though. Yes. Which I wrote um, some scenes. Yeah. I don't know if too. you want to give a, a teaser to the listeners about the, the podcast that you have underway or you don't have to. <laughs> it's, a se- it's, a it's a secret. It's a secret. Producer Kent. It's a secret. Producer Kent says no. But <laughs> but anyway, fan fiction related. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. But tell me about some of the fan fiction that you wrote. I wrote a lot of self insert fan fiction where I just decided that I was one of the gang like I just inserted well, just what people do I inserted myself right on in and I just I wrote fan fiction where I was Harry and Ron and Hermione's best friend <laughs> and the other I, one they don't talk about yeah like just the- like the American girl who went to Hogwarts and I was their best friend and I was um I think I I made myself date Draco because I, I always liked Draco and I think it's because he was he was very girly like this was before I came out but there was something kind of like <laughs> feminine about Draco and like the actors. So I think I was always like I, I picked like the the most feminine man to 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 be attracted to and and it was oh that's and so I like wrote myself in as as like Draco's girlfriend I guess um in and then uh like just I was I think I was Hermione's cousin I think that's how I played it oh okay um so I was like Hermione's American cousin and then and then. I just like was one of the gang. I, I, yeah, I really want, like, that's how much I wanted to be at Hogwarts and not at Richfield High School. Oh, but I, I, when, did that overlap with your goth period or were they oh, different? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, think that's yeah. So I mean, the funny. way I described myself in some of these works is, is real. Uh, like, just like I thought I was like a gothic princess. Like, it was. Is this some of what you're going to read for us today? It's a little bit of. It's a little bit of. you. I'm not actually. I couldn't find. I, the actual fan fiction, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of cachet, but I have some of the. I have some of the. Like, I have some of uh, things that allude to some of my. My Harry Potter related interests. That Do you are want to pretty, uh, yeah. well, get so into I have, some samples there? I have my Zanga from that I actually found. Like literally, I had to I had to get this from uh, the way back when uh, machine, which is like a great. Oh, yeah, it's great. Wonderful. It's really wonderful because I thought I had lost my Zanga Wait, can forever. Can you explain what that is? Um, you go to Wayback Machine um, if you're ever interested in something that you think might a website that you think might have been deleted. Mm-hmm. Um, it sometimes is saved and archived. So this is one of them. So the format is gone, but the actual content has like been rescued by a stranger, which is a little weird, but like like for the purposes of like archiving it. So the which content is, is you know, there. and you're a librarian, so you you can appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I, I I definitely appreciate that. I mean, we're let's get into so this is the only thing about this is a little bit um you know, I was a little bit older, but uh but I, I feel like it really speaks to who who I am? I wrote this this review. <laughs> um, I wrote this review of 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 Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, mm-hmm. um, and I said <laughs> it was. This is written July eighteenth, two thousand five. So, okay. which yeah, I know for so you young. guys, oh I know. And I was I was like fourteen. I had just graduated college. <laughs> I, was, I think I was fifteen. Oh wait, wait, what was the date again? Uh, July eighteenth, two thousand five. Oh God! So I, I know. was fifteen. <laughs> just a young a, a young ripe fifteen year old. Yes. Uh. <laughs> 
Um, and let's see. So it's <clears throat> sorry it's taken so long for a review. Uh, who did I think was? But waiting? that's what how I spoke to my journal too. I'm like, I'm like, don't judge me. I write to my diary. Yeah, because if anyone was like, where is it? We're clamoring for your review. But here, but here it is. I'll cover all the main points. Basically, this is an essay on why Ron and Hermione shippers are geniuses. Uh, don't read if you haven't finished The Half-Blood Prince and then seriously wonder where the joy in your life is. You know what? That's still true. I stand by that. (laughs) Overall, I absolutely loved it. I think one of the reasons I did was because although there was action, it was basically a relationship story, heavy on the teen angst, lessons on growing up, romance, etc. I also thought the length was a good one. Oh, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. Da, 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 da. Um, Thanks. Okay, so I'm breaking it up in the major points of what I consider important, which may not be what everyone else does, but these were the things that stuck out the most for me. Ron and Hermione. Anybody at this point who has at least half a brain can't deny this couple. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. There's no other way in hell after reading this book you can suggest it to be any other way. First. Wow, but- you are... You are- this is the pinnacle of this opinions. This is the most important opinion I have ever had. First, <laughs> the earliest major Ron and Hermione moment that occurred was during Herbology, some 300 or so pages into the book. Slughorn oh, is throwing a party, and Hermione mentions to Harry that he can't get out of going to the Slug Club, which is exclusively a party for members. Ron then says, why don't you try hooking up with McGlagan? Um, and Hermione loses it and blurts out, while turning a bright scarlet, I was going to ask you to come, but if you think it's stupid, I won't bother. Now, her usage of the term made it quite clear that she meant to ask him to be her date. If you don't see this, however, there's more. You were going to ask me, asked Ron in a completely different voice. Yes, Hermione says angrily, but obviously if you'd rather I hooked up with McGlagan, and Ron says in a very quiet voice, no, I wouldn't. Harry then goes to ponder his two best friends as a couple. Squashing Harry and Hermione here, if Harry had any romantic feelings for Hermione of any kind, they would be revealed here. Later on, Ron begins to get incredibly sick of Lavender, and I think half of it is that she's just not Hermione. And here's the best conversation in the history of the world. (laughs) I love you, Hermione, said Ron, uh, sinking back into his chair, rubbing his eyes wearily. Hermione, caps lock, turned faintly pink, but merely said, don't let Lavender hear you saying that. I won't, said Ron, into his hands, or maybe I will, then she'll ditch me. Now, I know he's saying this in a purely platonic way, but Hermione's reaction is purely non-platonic. She blushes and and busies herself with a clever retort. I don't want to say any more on this. I'll just smile at the Ron and Hermione goodness. Anyway, that's all the time I have. (laughs) I just spent literally an hour on this. Please, please, please please comment. Um, I really, I mean, this was so, the passion for this couple meant I, what mean, and what's it why what did why, that come from yeah, where, so I thought a lot about what this meant to me and I think the I I I thought I think at the time that I related to Hermione because she was like a, a nerdy girl mm-hmm. and that I wanted like a boyfriend like Ron but the older I get the more I realize that I actually think that I really related to Ron and I wanted I I wanted a girlfriend like Hermione. Like I actually think that I understood Ron's like That's interesting. It, it, like cuz he he has he had a really hard time expressing himself and he definitely used humor as a defense mechanism all the time. And that was very much my role. I feel like or I wanted to be my role in my friend group. Mm-hmm. And so actually I think the idea of 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 like a really 
the idea of someone who is like really brilliant, um, like being like being able to to appreciate someone for their sense of humor to me I felt like I don't know there was something about that dynamic that I I mean that I you still love to that yeah you I into. did yeah I think almost because I related to both of them in different ways like there was something about the merging of like the humor and the like uh, like the the intellectual mm-hmm. like pursuits of Hermione that I thought I just I really liked both of those together. I felt like I always felt like they complemented each other so yeah, well. Like opposites attract. Yeah, and I really I really was just so and I think also just because you know Ron was like a sidekick and mm-hmm. he was kind of put down by his family and at the time I felt personally victimized by my family because they teased me a lot. Wait, wait, wait. You have to talk about that a little oh, bit. Oh, I just was, I mean, I was, I walked right into it. Like I just, I was such a, like I, I was constantly doing and saying strange things and like, just like I was like very, um, I was very like, uh, I was like a kooky kid and I, I like, I would like, uh, I would like, you know, sometimes I would, I would, uh, I, I well, I still do this, but I would like I would get really excited about about things, and I would like I would kind of embarrass I would I would embarrass my family sometimes. Like I would like. But see, I don't understand this but because I, I know what I know about your family. Your yeah. parents are very young and very cool, yeah. and they live in San yeah. Francisco oh, now. Yeah, yeah, and they were your peers in yeah. in a way. In a way, but they they also I think like just I felt so um, I felt like they they and it was loving teasing, but I think when you're a teenager, like any. Anything that you're teased for felt so well, of visceral. course, because you take your and you especially. I think we have, are super co- similar in this way that we took each ourselves really, oh, really, way too really seriously. seriously. Yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> I mean, the idea that like that this I felt like this was so. I mean, even this this review of of Harry Potter that I apparently spent an hour on, like why. Did I do like why did I take that so because seriously? that was like, the channel through which you expressed. It was the best way that you could express your own feelings, yeah. but they had expressed it really well. These characters had, and but but I wanted to ask um, regarding the humor thing and how you yeah, related to Ron yeah. because of the humor thing. You were a goth kid and like yeah. a serious kid and a tortured soul mm-hmm. and a tortured artist. Mm-hmm. So at what point? Because I know when this started happening to me, and it mm-hmm. was way later. But at what point in your life did you start to um, alchemize? that tortured soulness into into humor it was the middle school to high school shift so what's actually so the shattered the shattered soul zanga that was sort of my my middle school persona and then shifting into high school i changed my username to awkward moments and lame poetry oh my god and became this totally like still like i still fancied myself a cynic but i I just became so much more like sarcastic Mm -hmm. and like uh, like maybe more effusive. Like I, I really wanted people to like me. Uh, I think in a way that I, I wanted. And you found that your that humor was a way that was catching people's yes, attention. Yes, I felt like at least I could be funny if if nothing else. Um, because I felt like I was smart enough to be funny. Maybe. Did you make comments under your breath in class? Like did did you were you oh, one of those? Like, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I was I was kind of a snot like a little bit sometimes. I think, but like in a way that I thought was funny. Um, and I I think maybe it was a little. It was it was maybe not always the case. But yeah, I definitely would like I would I would sometimes like. Yeah, like like mutter like back sass to the teacher, and like if someone else in class laughed, that like made my entire day. So you know? so that's interesting. So did you ever get caught for that? Did teachers not like you? Did no, they think you were a smartass? No, because I was very obedient. That's the thing. Like I was an mm. obedient kid, and and I still am to a certain extent. Like if if a teacher told me to do something, I would do it. Yeah. 
not even out of respect for Thor. If any, if, if you tell me to do something, I'll do it. Like mm. I really wanted to please everyone. And now you work included. for the government. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but even, I mean, even the, the library thing, like it's a service job. Like yeah. I want, I just want to please people. I just want, I just want, I, there's something about doing something for someone if they ask me to do it. And I, and I say yes. And it makes them happy. Like that makes, that makes, Oh, I know exactly yeah, what makes you makes feel yeah. valuable. And I, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think the humor thing to me, it was like, well, this I'm giving them, I'm, I'm making them laugh and they'll, they'll definitely like me. Yeah, but it's hard. I mean, that's a hard line to walk because on one side, you want to be obedient to the authority mm-hmm. figures and on the other side, you want to please the people who are the opposite Absolutely. of the authority that was, figures. And, that and was, it's like, who do you pander to more? That's always been my struggle is like, uh, you yeah. know, I fancied myself a rebel, but I'm not. But at the same time, I'm not... I'm not straight laced enough to fit in with the straight. Like that was always my thing. I was never straight laced enough to fit in with the true nerds, but I was never rebellious enough to fit in with the rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really, and I really wanted to, to be able to, to have a, a hard line. And so on you either, were also an electron bouncing between. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely was. I related to that a lot too. I, I think I really, and I wanted to be class clown, but I, I was, uh, you no, know, you I, have to be, you had to be prepared, but I could make be. teachers mad yeah, because I wanted teachers to like me. So it yeah. was like, I wanted to be the, but I wasn't prepared for that. Um, the other thing is, is I think, you know, I, I was a late bloomer. So like in high school was when I really actually started to have like, or started to understand more my romantic feelings. But like, certainly I look back, I think, and and especially middle school, I used to have crushes on all the girls who were mean to me, like all of the bullies. Like, and I still have a thing, like, like, like there's something about like a, like a blonde woman from Connecticut that still makes me like, I'm like, Oh, she's. Like they're coming for like they're gonna like it's Christina Baker like she's like she's gonna be mean like I have to like make her like me like there's such a visceral but does that like, also did that also turn you on or it was just like a needing to please they were pretty yeah they were pretty girls like I wanted I like wanted to I wanted them yeah. to you know I wanted them to like me because I thought they were pretty but I also you know was such a weirdo that I I you know it, it wasn't gonna happen but I, I I really I really really wanted them. To like me, it took me a really long time to figure out that I was like, oh yeah, Chelsea, you had crushes on every single one of those like mean girls, Ugh. which is such a terrible, terrible thing to do to yourself. Like it, it was is so very bad, masochistic, it very self sabotage. It is, it is, and I still, yeah, it was very, and I, and I, I think I must have known on some level that it was, but and then in high school, I, you know, um, I like buried all that and tried to have a boyfriend and. Um, so that didn't go great. I know. I mean, I know this is a story for another t- another time, and and I know the story about how um, you basically came out and lost your virginity at the same time. Well, but, no, but it it was that I it was that I I almost I want I I tried to lose my virginity and and to came a man. out yes and came out and yeah, then, right yes and then yeah. But prior to that, I mean. Did you, had you had any experience Mm -hmm. with girls? Yeah, well, I had like a little secret girlfriend in high school. You did? Yeah. Yeah, and we're still like friends. Um, But she and I like secretly kind of dated for a little bit. Um, It was not for a long time, but like I, I, we, um, we were like, I, I was 16 and she was 15. Um, and that was like Ooh, my first. That's so Carol. I, I know, it was very Carol. <laughs> <laughs> she, I, I just wanted to return her glove. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, uh, we were, uh, we were like a, we, I mean, we, we also, again, this was like back to the, we thought of ourselves as like Romeo, Juliet and Juliet of, of like, we were like, oh no one God, can know amazing. of our forbidden love. Like, I don't know that anybody but really like, would have cared, but it was Connecticut and, and kids were mean. But like, it was, that was like, Did I your parents know? 
Did no. your parents know that you were you a know lesbian? What? No, and it's so funny because, I mean, they knew, like, they were like, yeah, we had a feeling that something wasn't yeah. adding up with men, but, like, they didn't, I, they were so kind of put off when they were like, why didn't you tell us in high school that you, because my friends knew, like, I, I mean, I, I was telling everybody I was bisexual because I felt like I just hadn't met the right guy yet, but I knew that I liked girls as right. well, so I was just kind of like, let's not rule anything out. <laughs> um, and obviously keep our options yeah open. well you know you know how you think all you, you go to go to college and all the guys are going to be better like there's that weird urban legend oh, I used to write yeah. that all the time and I was like my years are coming yeah college. yeah yeah like my the best years, years are, are all ahead like there's going to be a really handsome like Perfect. man waiting for yeah. me and it works I, both ways all the girls yeah. wore more sweatpants in college than high school yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. that's so because the, the, yeah the girls are like waiting for, for college and then they just give up I mean for sure I wasn't in a sorority but all the sororities on Ooh, my on my campus wore uh, juicy couture sweatpants and and Uggs, Uggs just kind of shuffled around. Oh yeah, hung over every day. And yeah. I was like, that's not attractive. No, it's like, not. Why, why would you it's go not. for that? Yeah. No. Um. It, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I like you. I, I think that fake like that that we all have that fake myth and I think for me that was my like the last shred of heterosexuality I was hanging on to I was like in high school the bo- or in college the boys will be different I mean I did it They'll in middle school and then I did it them. in high school and then yeah and then I and then that was you conceding know. on a final yeah recount. I mean I'm yeah. glad that I at least knew that I liked girls but it was just the absent the not the not liking of men took longer to admit like it was more the right the absence but again my parents were like we didn't care why would you you know why would yeah, you but your parents from are us? super but, cool yeah it's hard but I was because, like because I thought you know it's hard like, Connecticut is very. It was Connecticut. It wasn't them. And yeah. repressive and uh, yeah, homogenous. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, boys came out and did okay in my high school, but girls not so much. I think that's always was the way, though. At least at the time, men have had an you know, easier time coming out. That's interesting because I I do feel I like yeah. I my town too. Yeah, I mean, I think if you think about the kids who are gay who came out in high school early, yeah, it's I knew boys. A, I knew like quite a few. Uh, and theater is a safe space for them, but lesbians, we don't have a safe space. There is no safe space like so that. So interesting. I didn't know. I or at least there wasn't any lesbians in high school, Maybe but s- now on Facebook, I see like pop, 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 pop. Yeah. People are all getting mm-hmm. married to other women. Women right. are getting married to women. But and I was like, I never longer. knew. Yeah, yeah, it takes us long. Well, that's why even, I mean, I, I, I can't, it took me a long time to even understand what my feelings were. Like, I, my gay male friends would be like, I knew I was gay when I was five. I was like, I did not. I didn't know at all. I didn't understand what anything was. Like, huh. I think that. You said you were a late bloomer also, right? Oh, for when sure. Did you, when did you hit puberty? Um, I don't even know. I mean, I feel I feel like I'm still going through puberty. <laughs> I feel like I was I like I was like uh, like literally I feel like 15 or 16 was when I was like okay wow I have feelings now but oh, like wow. I mean again like I think the crushes on girls was in middle school for sure but like in terms of like actual legitimate sexual feelings I really don't think I I really understood or had them until I was I was really in high school like which is. And then um, once you started realizing that, did you ever have crushes on friends who were straight? And you oh, were like, oh God, I can't do anything about that. God, absolutely. I mean, every, you ask any gay person, I think women especially, and and you'll they'll have a sad story about their unrequited crush on their best straight friend. Oh, like, wow. it's, I was an unrequited crush yeah, on, on my, my oh, best friend. Yeah, oh, you, you had a, oh, I had a gay, my, my, no. my best friend in high school came out to me and I was like, that's great. My, my cousin, yeah. uh, my uncle, uh, he was gay, and his boyfriend, his partner, stuck around, and he's yeah. now my uncle. Oh, it's oh, great. Cool, cool. But he also had a crush on me, so it was a lot oh, of convincing, trying to convince no. me that I might be bi. A lot of being uh, weird, kind of poisoning my reputation with our women friends because I think he was he pissed was that jealous. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. at least that's what I. I'm sure he'll deny it now. And I, you know, we kind of are friends again. 
But it, it was just such a strange... Well, it's hard because I'm sure that he felt a little betrayed or hurt or like yeah. hugely embarrassed because I'm sure yes. he was yeah. harboring these feelings and hoping that you the would... Humility. I was always yeah. going to be the first one to chase off a dude who's going to be a jerk-off to him. So yeah, like, of I was, course. But it was yeah, always... you had his back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, there's a humiliation there, I think, that you feel when you know that the person... You know that they can't return your feelings. Like It's very different, I think, than being... You know, having an unrequited crush on someone who just ha- happens to yeah. like you back. Like when you have an unrequited crush on someone that you that doesn't have the same sexual orientation as you, like there's the vis- there's like a, a visceral humiliation there, and yeah. I think a desperation. Like I can't be wrong. They must be. Bi- they must be at least something. Like I don't think that that's okay. Well, because yeah. you did that, but I think no. No, 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 it's no, no, out no. of that desperate. Like it's, oh, I've got to make you feel like it's myself. Yeah, I, I, I've got to validate. I this. didn't understand that until a lot uh, a, a long while later when I was finally I finally had an unrequited crush that I was angry at, mm-hmm. and then I, I, I it, it sort of put it in perspective. I mean, it was it was not gay, but yeah. it was also just it, it, it sort of came from that same. Place. Yeah. And I felt bad. I, yeah. I do still. I mean, we, because we were also direct competitors in theater. Yeah. Oh, so it was also always rough. I, yeah, I had, a, I had an unrequited crush on, on a friend in high school and she was like, she was like beautiful and blonde and tall. I, I, I'm hearing she myself. She rode horses. She did not ride horses. No horse girls. No horse girls. Not at this. Di- no. Not hashtag at this no day. horse girls. There will be no horse girls. There will be no horses. Hashtag, not, hashtag no horse girls. I do not like horse girls. I will accept any other animal lover, but no horse girl. But she was, be- she was, she was an animal. Lo- she loved her dog, but she was like, she was beautiful and blonde. And she was, she was like flirting with me. I think in what she thought was harmless, but of course to me, it was like, she's in love with me and we're going to get married. Yeah. Like, but she just, you know, she's just kind of being a jerk. And I'm you like, feel like if yeah. your feelings are so strong, there's no possible way the other person isn't also of feeling course. them. When, when, did, yeah. what? when did you discover the Smiths? Oh my God, in high school. Okay, okay. I, it was a big moment for you. That, I mean, please, please, please let me get what I want. I know, I know. <laughs> was my, I remember just sat, like, sad, screaming, Lord knows it would be the first time, oh, like, yeah. really sadly to myself. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it was, you know, maybe, oh, and that, you know, that Ron and Hermione, before they got together, there was that kind of, that, like, delicious, like, you have a crush on your friend and you... Well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the ultimate goal. It's like in, in Clueless, God, you know, that's how... My, and that was still is my... I mean, and now you I'm know, like... Cher and Josh are like, they knew they were they were there all along. That's all I ever wanted. You know? I, and now, of course, now I'm like, you realize there are problems with that just as there are problems with any relationship. But of course, that's all I ever wanted. It's I wanted, very romantic I wanted capital S- R. I was a huge romantic and still am. I wanted someone to wake up and be like, I... Uh, you know, you were the person for me all along. Yeah. That's what I wanted so, so desperately. And, yep. and like, it, it was, yeah, I think that was, that was what that, that friend crush thing was. And then, because you want that friend to, to solve the big problem, like that for some yeah. reason that is, Maybe because everything well, else you, in life when you're that age is so super structured, mm-hmm. the one thing that you have that can be a possibility of like a great change in your life is... I projected everything on it. Yeah, absolutely. I, everything would be good if, if we were together. Exactly. If only we were together. Exactly. Like all of my other problems would go away. Exactly. I mean, even now, sometimes I think when I get a little bitter about being like single, um, I, I kind of have to stop myself being like, well, that's not going to fix anything. It just means you're not single anymore. Like you have to, I think we have to stop assuming that your status of being single or not single has anything to do with like your mental health or like your, uh, Yeah, and I think the your, further we move into the future... The, the the more less, we'll realize that yeah it's the less okay, it's yeah. the less weight is is placed yeah. on that because 
we don't we're not just going to grow up and become housewives exactly yeah I mean, yeah well you know which if you want to is measure. a fine thing right but however i think that uh you know that the, the career driven thing is 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 equal yeah. to the relationship driven thing but like yeah well at least when i was a kid like disney princesses were still oh yeah very oh, yeah. much at the pinnacle i mean well, in now. connecticut yeah i guess they always are you know most of my friends moms didn't didn't have careers necessarily right um, for sure, because um, they didn't have to, you know, they didn't have to or want to. They they had all the money they wanted, and they were like ladies who lunched. My mom was not at all that way, so I think she kind of. No, your parents are so cool. <laughs> they they're are so they're, cool. They're so and they're cool. So young. They are how, very young. How they're, old are your parents? My mom. They're gonna be mad that I say it, but it's fine. My mom is. Uh, my mom is. Uh, no, she's gonna be mad that I'm forgetting. My well, mom how, just how, turned forty nine, oh, and my wow. dad is forty five. So how old were they when they had you? Not. My dad was 20 and my mom was like 22 or 23. Which is super young, but I think they did it right. Yeah, because because now they have their whole lives ahead of them. I'm so bitter (laughs) because I'm like, all my best years are right now. And then like, but like not not even there. Like, it's like, I would rather be like, I feel like they they were figuring it out in their 20s, but they 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 got the the child bearing out of the way. Yeah. And I think, you know, the whole like, I'm going to try to find myself. Like my mom was like, I didn't have time for that. I was like taking care of kids. Like, like, you know She can find herself now. Yeah. And now they're like living in, you know, in their beautiful apartment in San Francisco kid free like with their two guest rooms they won't even call them our bedrooms and like <laughs> living there you know living their dream it's like I feel like there's something right about that that I do feel like our generation as cool as it is to 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 have kids later so you can do all the cool stuff in your life you want to do in your 20s and 30s I do think that we miss out a little bit on that uh, agreed on that like 40 empty nester like yeah. you're still young enough to enjoy it yeah type. exactly like Whoops. I do feel like there. yeah I know now I'm like well missed opportunity yeah I'm gonna be having kids when I'm 65 years same old. I know I was just saying I was like I'm gonna be 70 years old <laughs> and sending my kid to kindergarten like um Chelsea do you have uh other things that you wanted to read for Zanga or that was the uh the I had one journal entry I wanted yes. to read just to get right. give you an idea of what so that was great I had a I had a um I had a uh a uh you know, uh, 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 this is just a standard journal entry. Like so I a think more personal. This just gives you, I think, a sense of who I was um, and what I, yeah. So this was uh, the, this was June, uh, June 7th, 2005. Okay. Hey, children. I haven't, <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't written in a while because I conformed to the masses and got a MySpace. <laughs> but I'll still write in here obsessively. Traitor! Because I've been on Zanga for a ridiculous amount of days, and I'm not about to give it up, give up on it now. Especially since MySpace and Zanga are not the same thing at all, so it's completely possible to have uh, two at the same time, <laughs> and I'm going to prove it. <laughs> like, all right, freedom fighter. Uh, so pretty much, I hate this town with a burning passion, and I want to get out as soon as possible. Nice. At least school is almost over, and I don't have to come to school at all Thursday the 23rd. Um, so no school for me. Um, just in case you didn't notice, I've been feeling really cynical lately. And I'm always <laughs> cynical, but I'm a little extra now. I think it's because I'm confused as to why I'm still in school and it's nice out. Or maybe just because I'm a pessimistic idiot. I vote the second choice. <laughs> One of those. I have an interesting story to share with you all. Today, since it's 90 degrees out, I was wearing a spaghetti strap top. This substitute, not actual teacher, comes up to me and goes, can I make a suggestion? That top is obscene and distracting to the learning environment. You can't wear anything like that. Excuse me? What is this? So the rest of the day, I of course announced to every class that I walked into that I was sorry for being an obscene distraction because of my top, which is nice. very classic Chelsea and good to know I still oh, have a shape. Yeah, I was, yeah. Um, and this is where, 
A kid in my English class said, well, you're definitely distracting me. Then he said, just kidding after it. <sighs> anyway, who am I kidding? I am ugly. That's a oh, weird segue. No. I, I, yeah. Listen, again, we were the same person. Like, I, yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I was always a, f- a friend of the person who was just going to be like loudly shouting down authority I, I yeah the and I, it was it. I want and I think it's because it was a sub I was like yeah this isn't even my real yeah. teacher I can go ham like on this on this sub <laughs> seriously I'll never see subs, him again subs, subs were like were the, the best they were the red shirts <laughs> of the school were. because you could just do anything yes but in fairness like you know what in retrospect I feel like I actually remember that vaguely and that sub actually was a woman which made me even angrier because yeah. I was like no you can't miss it. you can't and people still do that to high school girls now and that, that makes me angry reading about oh, that oh to shame like, them yeah you can't make it don't make a suggestion about what I wear you can't make a suggestion Actually, I'd unless re- there's a, unless there's a, no. I mean, of course, if you don't, know, yeah, 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 I imagine course. now it's it's, but, it's a lot different than then. Yeah, our high school didn't have a dress code though. We were allowed to wear spaghetti. I mean, we had a dress code, but we were allowed to wear like I was within the dress code. I remember, and also like my mom would not have let me leave the house in like a you know, it wasn't like I was wearing like something that right. actually would display anything too also, much of myself. Spaghetti straps reveal only your shoulders. Well, and a bra strap, scandalous. Women wear bras. Like uh, that's yep. <laughs> that's what it reveals. Yep. Your your scandalous bra straps. Yeah. Um, and this is how I conclude. So this is going to become rambly pretty soon. I'm going to leave you all with these few thoughts. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare to be pumped. Um, uh, yeah, that's really. Great. I yeah. think it's great, and yeah. I just you're, you really did speak in such a Chelsea voice. I, from I that, will say from I'm I'm age. kind of I like looking back on these journals. Like as embarrassing as it was, like just I will say that there's something a little bit refreshing about how 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 unabashedly like myself I was. Oh, I, I think. love it. Like I was super. I was confident in that way. It does make me sad how ugly I thought I was, but I think every girl. We all did. I don't um, know if that. And I think that it was. Uh, it's a nationwide thing, but mm-hmm. specifically in the Northeast and specifically, well, specifically in Connecticut. In pl- yeah. Because where... everybody, you know, looks the same. And I talk mm-hmm. about this in my stand up too about and... how, you know, I, I'm not that weird of a person and I wasn't that weird of a kid, but compared to everybody else, I just didn't look like them. Exactly. I was more Zoftig than they were. And I had curly hair, you know, and it mm-hmm. was just the Jewish features. Yeah, and it was, exactly. And I think that was, you know, the reason why I, I was anorexic in high school, mm-hmm. you know, when mm-hmm. I was a senior is because mm-hmm. everybody else were these perfect, like zero curve, yeah. straight haired. I absolutely had, a, had an eating disorder in high school. I think it's cause I, yeah, I say same thing. I just, I wanted to be one of those girl, you know, it's weird. Cause at the same time I didn't write cause I dressed different from them. So I, I didn't really, but there was a, the, the, that was the, the aesthetic that like somehow gets in your head. I think of mm-hmm. just, and also I think just, you know, the, the misery of, of, growing up and feeling like you can exercise some sort of control over that by we have no control yeah no, my no, kids we are don't. going to Montessori school man yeah oh my god I uh, yeah I'm like my kids are I, like it's so funny because the yeah the old the oh Phil is no Montessori head, no. I know I think that they need to be fucking put in a shitty environment so that they can discover so they can rebel and become rub, artists rub, later yes absolutely <laughs> yeah but your kids your kids are going to rebel like like by being like Businessmen. I know. I hope so. Our kids, so. Our kids are going to be their idea of rebellion. Yeah. Our kids will pop out and be like really, really fiscally conservative Republicans. Okay, yeah. fine. It wouldn't be the end of the world. What Casal has ever been that except I, yeah. for my brother? I had a really hard time rebelling against my parents because they're so, like, the only thing I've successfully been able to do is get tattoos. Like, that's the only thing they ever will, like, everything else I'm like, I try so hard to rebel and yeah. they're just like, that's, like, we don't. That's cute. Like that, yeah, like, they're just like. Falls on deaf ears. They're just like, yeah. well, you're, like, really educated and you have a job that we enjoy, so, like, what do you, like, 
Uh, like, what is your idea of rebel? Like, what? Are, how are you rebelling? <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna get these tattoos you guys hate. Um, and, and that's they're it. Like, All right, do you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do really hate that. My mom just like you know does say I gave you this body and you've you're you're putting filth onto it, but which is a very Irish Catholic yeah. guilt mom. Yeah, that's how they do. Like yeah, if, that's the, the mom guilt. But at you least know. you can still be buried in the cemetery with them. I, that's true. Oh. However, cannot. Oh, and neither, right. my brother and I, no, because like you can't be buried in a Jewish Jew cemetery, cemetery with tattoos, if, right? with tattoos mm-hmm. or piercings other than like earlobe piercings. Why stop but at I one? But I feel like why, I mean, I just, I know so many of my Jewish friends have tattoos now. I'm like, surely it should change just because it's. But you know what? The classic Jewish cemeteries are out of, are going out of, out of vogue. Anyway, right? And they're also really, really full, at least in the New York area. And now, you're you can be you can be cremated and your ashes turned into uh, soil for a tree yeah. and that's what I <gasps> that's am what all I want. about I read somewhere and I know it sounds creepy but go, come with me on this I read somewhere that you can like turn yourself into a book what there's like a way that yeah. they they make do they like, make your they, skin into the cover yeah, yeah. There, there's <laughs> Kind of. Whoa, that's very <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm going to be a book. Also, there was a, I don't know the artist, and I feel like an asshole for not knowing because uh-huh. I just had a conversation with a guy who, his, uh, he was dying and his last request was that his um, his remains, he be cremated and they be uh, put in the paper that uh, that comprises like a, maybe a hundred copy run of a comic that he did. <gasps> And so, so for maybe a hundred or so, com- which he thought was like his best work. So in those hundred books, that has human remains in it. And it has a disclaimer. Whoa. Like now, you'll find that book on the market now. And, it, and it'll be like, you know, asterisk, not, this, not the first run. But the, you can't, you're not going to sell that on eBay. That's, no. that's so personal. I mean, yeah. Well, I- and also, doesn't that, ha- doesn't that get eaten by... Creatures, creatures that yeah. live on decaying yeah. flesh. Listen, comic book nerds would, or people that that would appreciate will deal with that. the flesh eating creatures because by by putting by protecting it by putting it in a plastic sheath and hiding it or yeah because you don't want to smell that. No, it's just ashes. It's just it's just ashes that are that have been spread out over the course of like a you know hundred some odd book series. I think yeah. I mean, I think I think it's I don't know. So I get. Bin. I feel like yeah. I I feel like my family would be horrified if I told like they'd be like we're not turning you into a book. You're gonna you know you can be cremated, but you're not gonna be a book. Like that's a. I, I think you tree. can be the judge of that. I, I will be the judge of that, and the, you know I'll, I'll have the last laugh for sure. But when I'm a when I'm a book, but that's like. <laughs> I just, it's just that's 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 the dream is just to, to be a book. That's all I've ever <laughs> really wanted, I guess, yeah. is to just be a book. Well, that sounds like that sounds like a good a good conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. I'm, I'm going to give you some uh, a gift, and actually, Yay. I brought uh, a couple of items for you. Uh, the first one. Um, which uh, we'll have pictures up on the bitchseatpodcast.com oh, is a, a handmade scrunchie. Oh, I didn't make it, but I think with the one of the Actually, Girl Scout uh, troop leaders, one of the moms oh. made it. It's a scrunchie that's like gingham pattern with watermelon slices I love on it. it. I'm going to wear that. You know, scrunchies, everything comes back. I know Scrunchies it does. are back I now. I had a huge bag of scrunchies. And then I also have for you an unused, unsharpened Yukon Huskies pencil. Okay, that's perfect. That's um, real. So, I mean, that's the most that Connecticut thing. I'm also, so excited. I'm so excited it's about been this. In my collection, probably since sixth grade. So, oh, oh, man, so much Huskies. angry tweets from people we've only given one thing to. It's gonna be no. It's gonna be like Christmas at my house. <laughs> oh my god! You know Christmas? No. 
<laughs> I, I wouldn't know about that. Well, Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea, any uh, anything that you would like to plug? Uh, knowing that this this is uh, April sixteenth. Yeah. So this is as airing. of this, I'm going to be starting. A, I'm going to start hosting the QED late the the late mic the Friday night um, late mic um, with uh, my dear friends Kristen Saltman and Kate Moran. I, I believe we'll be starting this month. We're we're calling it Midnight Snack. So it's the eleven to twelve thirty mic late mic Fridays QED, QED um, Astoria Astoria best place on earth every second and fourth Friday. Friday uh, of the Amazing. of the month, we're gonna start doing that. Amazing. So I'm very I'm excited. Definitely gonna show up. Yeah, oh yeah. What a fun, what a fun time to do it, Mike. I'm and uh, and uh, Chelsea's um, Twitter handle is one of my favorite Twitter <laughs> handles of all time, which is <laughs> at Alone with Salad. Woman laughing alone with salad. Uh, it's amazing. So so great. Um. So so listeners. Um. Uh, remember, we got uh, live shows coming up April 24th at QED in Astoria, New York, and May 7th um, at the Nerd Melt Showroom at Meltdown Comics in LA. Um, subscribe, listen, tell your friends, thebitchseatpodcast.com. I'm Lisa Mandel. I'm Philip Casal. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate them. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. They scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one I, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first boulet. Burlesque club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The Lacey... Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!